fuck them. Because I can't live my life and make myself miserable to make another motherfucker happy. Right. And forgive my French. Fuck them. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Two CCs of Blackery podcast. I am your host, Carrie. Uh, CJ cannot be with us today, but as always, he is here in spirit. Uh, today, we have a special guest, Deconsciously, and I'm going to hand it over to him to explain who he is and what he does. Yeah, hey, I'm the Consciously, uh, the Consciously.com, education is elevation, you know, mm-hmm. professional shit talker. Uh, anytime you see my face, anytime you hear my voice, just know it's going to be some... Uh, some high quality college content type stuff, but you ain't got to give me no SAT. You ain't got to give me no ACT. Yeah. You ain't got to give me no type of enrollment. All y'all do is mm-hmm. kind of give me your undivided attention. Right. Uh, I consider myself an expert on race, class, gender, ability, sexuality. I have two masters, one in human relations, the other in adult and higher education. And I really love this education shit. I love being yeah. uh, This is the man board. right here, y'all. Unfiltered. I'm I trying to tell you, this, this is my boy right here. I be locked in. So I'm excited to have you on the platform. And today we're going to talk about some things that me and CJ usually talk about, but I want to get your perspective on it. Um, List of topics, and I guess we're going to try to break them down. And these are the questions that I consistently try to answer every day. Um, So we're going to talk about homophobia in the black community, Mm -hmm. Um, the black men versus black women nonsense, Mm -hmm. Uh, respectability politics. Um, crabs in the bucket mentality, black capitalism, and black mental health, and why these issues are so prevalent in the black community today, and what are some things that we can do to improve the African American community. So we're going to talk about homophobia, right? As a lesbian African American woman, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I went to get my hair cut, right? I'm in Jacksonville. I couldn't sit down in the chair fast <laughs> enough before he asked me, so I take it you like women. And I knew I was in for a long haircut. <laughs> so he pretty much goes on to say that I'm taking all the women from him. And people who look like me are taking all the women from him. And the whole time, I'm not easily offended because, you know, growing up as a lesbian, black, you know, you can't be. So I'm sitting here just trying to wrap my head around why he feels the way that he does. Like, oh, I have a house. I have a car. I don't understand why I can't get a woman. You're taking all the women. And I was just like, so you think it's easier for me to build relationships? Like, yeah, yeah, it's easier for you. I'm like, you don't know me from a can of paint. And first of all, the women that I like are not going to like you because they are lesbian. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that that doesn't make sense. I like lesbian women. You like straight women. And then two, you don't even know what type of woman I like. So how? who are you to say that I'm taking women from you? And it was at that moment where <laughs> I think about Harriet Tubman, right? And when I was a kid, I used to always wonder, like, why, like, why does she leave so many of them behind? But I'm starting to realize <laughs> why she left some of these Negroes behind. 
Because it's insane. It's like me, I always advocate for black men. And as, you know, fighting for black men, advocating for black men, and for him to not even see me as a person, let alone a woman, for him to say something like that was just baffling to me. So I wanted to get your perspective on homophobia and the black community as a whole and what can we do to rectify this issue and like, why does it exist? Why is it so prevalent? Man, you know, my motto of research over me search. And I think that a lot of people in the black community see Mm -hmm. homophobia as being a natural entity. It's seen as being divine, see it always being about productivity and always being Mm -hmm. about reproduction specifically. So I think that just being able to kind of pull back the pieces and unpackage the, uh, uh, how we know what we know, um, where Mm -hmm. it came from and being able to really see that uh, a lot of the things that we've naturalized is mm-hmm. not, it's really things that's been normalized and through, you know, how, how, how societal norms uh, happen is that they right. become practiced and accepted over time so much that they mm-hmm. become seen as capital T truth. I think right. that a lot of people in the black community specifically, <clears throat> there's a uniqueness. I think that when it mm-hmm. comes to the complexity of homophobia in the black community, because a lot mm-hmm. of people are able to see that there's been an attack on the black community, specifically on the black family structure. And as mm-hmm. a result, a lot of individuals are able to, have this very reductionist understanding mm-hmm. of how the attacks. But it's on mostly black, black men. I never, I never have these conversations with black women. I'm about to come to that specifically um, in, in, in the best way of being able to stay in my place. I know that there are a lot of, you know, what some would call uh, pygmies or some would mm-hmm. call, you know what I'm saying? But I recognize that when it comes right. to a black man, because Mm-hmm. The reason why there are pygmies because there's access and power and domination from being picked, quote unquote, by particular, you know what I'm saying, people that we're mm-hmm. talking about black men. What I know is that black men uniquely as a black man, I was able to I was I was I was brought up and seeing like, hey, Mr. Lee, white people try to feminize black men because black mm-hmm. men are supposed to be the strong people that protect the household and protect the community. And the big attack is on the black men. They want to put us in dresses. They want to put us in makeup, X, Y, and Z. You feel mm-hmm. me? Then they say something about the Woody Lynch letter, say something about bug breaking. And then you see what I'm saying? To me, right. it's a very reductionist understanding of mm-hmm. how we understand homophobia because it says that, hey, even though I'm against white supremacy and against giving white people, you know what I'm saying, credit when they uh, ain't supposed to have it type shit, as mm-hmm. a pro-black person, I'm going to say that white people and white supremacy corners the market on homosexuality and same mm-hmm. loving people. And therefore, anytime y'all are present, that means that's white supremacy. You see what I'm saying? Right. I was reading a UAP Newton reading the other day. And it blew my mind on his concept of, you know, how, how he just accepted it. He was like, I don't necessarily understand it. And he was pretty much saying that um, lesbians don't bother me in that aspect. Not saying that he's bothered, but he was saying that, okay, I don't understand it, but I see that you're oppressed and we're on the movement to black liberation. And that's what I liked so much about the Black Panther movement was that fuck the bullshit, we buy the black liberation at the end of the day. We don't necessarily, you know what I'm saying? We recognize that these are oppressed groups and that we can all work together for freedom and for equality and that he was able to look outside of, of himself and relate to other people. You know what I'm saying? He didn't see it as an attack on his manhood. Yeah, I'm already man. Hey, I, I got a whole Black Panther. Uh... Man, me. Hey, well, I got, hey, listen. This the person. Mm-hmm. This the person that really like sparked mm-hmm. my interest. Really lit my heart. Literally lit a fire up under my ass for understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, powerful for understanding knowledge itself and for really seeing like the position Definitely. that the Black community is. And it didn't make him time. less of a man. He didn't feel. You know. He was just like talking about though. 
I've used yeah. that speech, I think, three times in social media to be able to try to make content and to be able to make try, try to make points about how we understand being a mm-hmm. real nigga, how we understand being a sellout, how we understand being a simp, and being able to go mm-hmm. back to the archive and see what I what I understand is being real niggas and what a lot of mm-hmm. niggas will have a hard time trying to yes. pull. You feel me? Because you know what I'm saying? I've never on. heard of it. And that's why I listen to people like you and I speak because it's hard to find black men who can just, and there's nothing wrong with saying I don't understand something. Yeah. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? But to say that you just completely hate gay people and that you hate we women. We go back to the analysis, though. We go back yeah. to the analysis. It's like, all right, when we think about what Huey P. Newton is talking about in the 1960s about gay liberation and women's liberation, boom, mm-hmm. we think about, you know what I'm saying, shit, even what's going on when you bring up mm-hmm. Harriet Tubman. What Harriet Tubman knew was what Marcus Garvey came to knew eventually, right? Mm-hmm. What we understand is that there are a lot of people that's going to be invested in the way in which power and domination is currently structured. And as a result, right. they don't want to give up anything that they could possibly give up based off of how, you feel me, the world could be restructured mm-hmm. based off of resources, access, you know right. what I'm saying, and accessibility. You feel me? I mean, mm-hmm. resources, access, and, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, resource, resource, access. I mentioned. But I know that as a result, when, 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 when me as a black man, I'm, I, I would argue that I'm indoctrinated to understand my maleness, my masculinity, and my manhood based off domination and mm-hmm. based off of possession. When the man in the barbershop tells you, you are taking women from me, he doesn't view women as having a sexual orientation. He has mm-hmm. views women as being a fungible object that he can acquire, that he can fuck it how you want to fuck. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not, it's, it's, there's no such thing as me thinking about what women like me and what women like you. I am right. a man. And why are we, and why does he think that we're in competition? We're not nah, even I'm, in the that's same. It. That's the, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the, the, the thing before we started recording. Now that was on file. The thing before we started recording, though, that, that, mm-hmm. that, 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 that's on my mind a lot, right? Seeing, seeing, um, you know, if you see my content, I talk about the concept of a, of a mm-hmm. plantation patriarchy a lot. Yeah. Right. And how I think that a but lot I know of that they inadvertently created the system. But deeper though, from, from what I was talking about earlier, talking about mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, I hate to give these white folks free promo too. You know what I'm saying? You, you can feel free to cut this part if you want to. Oh, no, no, you know I'm, I'm not. Listen, I'm not cutting shit. This, yeah, this is a, uh-huh. on the Game of Thrones shit. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing that there's a fundamental distinction in orientation in gender and how gender wars and how gender is operating now at this in this global north mm-hmm. compared to the global oh. south at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And when we think about the global north and global south at that time, just based off of gender, we recognize how just based off of cinema, I think, you know, I, I come from mm-hmm. a background of like, you know what I'm saying, film studies, shout out to Dr. Yeah. Woods and Afro-pessimism, right? But when you examine this film, you can see how from a European standpoint, a global north, mm-hmm. north standpoint, that gender is always already about hierarchy and gender is always already about possession and power. So when oh, you go in and thinking about the concept mm-hmm. of plantation patriarchy, hey, listen, I'm, I, I understand it as a man, as a nigga. Mm-hmm. A part of me is ingrained, you feel me, to try to prove my manhood and my masculinity to mm-hmm. whiteness and to white men specifically by mm-hmm. being able to show them that I can man like the man. You feel me? Yeah. So you whoop mm-hmm. on your woman, I can whoop on my woman too. If right. you have possession, I can have possession too. Mm-hmm. If you can flex, I can flex too. Being able to be caught up in this dualism that says, mm-hmm. hey, white man robbed me of masculinity, manhood. I prove to white man manhood and masculinity. Right. You know how I do it? 
You know how Eldridge Cleaver did it? My practice is on raping black women to go rape mm-hmm. white women, saying to go rape white women. So we mm-hmm. see that there's already, again, a fungible relationship going to thinking about like the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. No, no woman in this, you know what I'm saying, is mm-hmm. not one of my, you know what I'm saying, season one. I recognize it's like 50 seasons yeah. type shit, right? But right. me watching season one and me thinking mm-hmm. about gender, the, the construct of gender and how the global north compared mm-hmm. to the global south had complete different gender constructs. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to romanticize the feminine experience or the woman experience, right. or, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, or the gender neutral or gender fluid experience of the global of the global south. But I mm-hmm. recognize it was fundamentally different from how they was living up north. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So again, we go back to the barbershop. Mm-hmm. And you ask the question, so why this, that, and the other? I think mm-hmm. that to me, to me, Huey P. Newton said, power mm-hmm. is the ability to define the phenomenon and make it act in a desired manner. The phenomenon you asked me about is homophobia. So how right. I define how that phenomenon operates and acts is that in terms mm-hmm. of masculinity and homophobia or homonegativity, because nigga tell you, Gary, I ain't, I ain't phobia mean fear. Mm-hmm. I ain't oh, scared I, of none of y'all. And they had the audacity to pretty much ask me why I was gay. And I had to think, you you never had a person ask you why you were straight. Thanks. You get what I'm saying? So right. it's like, how do you expect me? I, I am who I am. So that's why I don't understand people who advocate for black liberation. When I say black liberation, I mean all black people. You have some people who get on platforms, they're homophobic. Black gay people exist. We exist. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's about uplifting everybody. Trans black people exist. Yeah, I agree. When, so when UEP Newton said black liberation, that's what he meant. Black liberation. He wasn't talking about, oh, I'm not going to uh, fuck with this person because of this. You know what I'm saying? It was the, the sole purpose was liberation, fighting oppression, and freedom. And I feel like with social media today, that message gets lost in the sauce. Get what I'm saying? And we tend to focus on shit that don't matter. And it's like, I don't understand how to, I I want black people to release themselves from the shackles of homophobia. And when I say that, black women too, because I feel as though, not saying that black women aren't homophobic, but I feel as though they're more lax with it. Kind of like they're not going to be upfront about it as a black man would. That, they, but they, I, feel they it. I feel the energy. Black men give you all the uh, the calories and yeah. all the sugar and Ridiculous. all the I'm like, dog, all I'm like, how are you saying? So you think that I have a better chance at relationships than you solely because I'm a woman who talks to other women? I'm like, no, we, we still have difficulties in relationships. We experience yeah. the same things y'all experience. Hey, heteronormativity, the normalizing of heterosexuality and goddamn mm-hmm. uh, 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 misogyny, you feel me? The inherent mm-hmm. discrimination and hate of women. When right. those two things intersect and collide, I think from a map, from the male gaze, a lot of, mm-hmm. of, 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 of black lesbians, you feel me? Mm-hmm. Are, are, you know what I'm saying? Shit, the collateral damage of the intersection, you feel mm-hmm. me? So to me, when it, it's like to me, when I think about what I understand and what I know, when I say education is elevation, it's like me being able to recognize the way we've been miseducated, the way we've been, you know what I'm saying, indoctrinated, the mm-hmm. way we've been misinformed, and trying right. to think critically, you know what I'm saying, with the critical thinking skills we was blessed with type shit to be able mm-hmm. to really think. Because we're all miseducated in a way, because history is told from a white standpoint. Yeah. Hey, watching this Game of Thrones shit made me really realize sometimes about so crazy where it's mm-hmm. like, listen, a lot of the things that 
Europeans do, the North, the global North do and normalize. It's seen as being much more noble. It's seen as being much more rational, seen as being much more making sense. And I think mm-hmm. in this analysis right here, we're talking about gender. We can see that there's a lot of emotionally driven things that men are able to do and get away with that mm-hmm. women cannot, that is right. projected onto women in terms of saying, hey, women are mm-hmm. emotional actors. And nine times mm-hmm. out of 10, when a woman is acting, she's acting out of emotion. Therefore, we should mm-hmm. not reserve her actions for being mainstream type shit. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It should go, go go all the way back to the to, to the dark ages. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the same time, we see that men are able to literally take whole nations into power, into, into war based mm-hmm. off of emotion. So when we right. go back to the barbershop, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's Your right. presence made bro emotionally feel some type of way. You know what I'm saying? It's just like me, I have the privilege to, you know what I'm saying? Right, just by walking in the room. That's the crazy thing. You don't know to me, he said some shit to me. To me, he said, he said, he said, hey, Carrie, whatever the hell you be hearing in that book bag, I can't compete with that shit. Right. And that's how I, I don't I like you. About it. To me, there was a lot of things that to me, I feel like into, I know like that could be a, a body shaming innuendo, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of insecurities around masculinity and manhood in a lot mm-hmm. of ways that domination and power is exerted from manhood and masculinity, mm-hmm. it comes out of these surface level you feel me stereotype and these false ideologies on what it means to be a man yeah as well so so instead of him taking it up with men that's correct the concept of what it means to be a man mm-hmm. nigga ready to take it up to you you mm-hmm. feel me on what other men did to him and try to prove his manhood to you but you that's ain't right. going to dominate them you see what i'm mm-hmm. saying and what word have i been repeating through his whole analysis power and domination I'm mm-hmm. knowing hey listen man for me to be the biggest dog on the goddamn block you all gotta do mm-hmm. dominate the other niggas you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I gotta do to make sure niggas know what's going on? Shit, That's let true. them know. I'm him. That what niggas yeah. say now, I'm him. Whether you on my block or you the ops, I'm right. him. Right. You know what niggas is willing to do to prove that. Yeah. That's Shit true. a little, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that what's missing from a lot of black conversations when we talk about homophobia is a lot of the ways that black men uniquely have 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 voluntarily and involuntarily navigated the gender gender and sex spectrum, recognizing gender mm-hmm. and sex are different, and seeing that a lot of investment of who they is and who I am can come from and does come from some people as being like, hey, right. how much can I dominate you, Carrie? Right. Mm-hmm. Shut up. <laughs> right. And that brings me to <laughs> Black men versus Black women TikTok wars. I had to get off of TikTok for a minute. I'm so I'm so I'm sick of it. I'm tired of the 50-50 at the uh, the Kevin Samuels, the uh Andrew Tate. I'm sick of it. And I, I want us to really move forward. And I feel as though I never heard these conversations before Kevin Samuels. They weren't as prominent. Maybe that's my ignorance. Yeah. But I did not see it. It's like I can't even scroll down my timeline. Every live Every video is a man in a suit or a man in a shirt talking about what kind of woman he likes, what kind of woman he doesn't like, who's going 50-50. Why is this so prevalent? What, like, what, what is going on? I just want us to talk about something else, anything else at this point. I, I want to get your perspective on this. Shit. During the pandemic, Kevin Gates, I said Kevin Gates, <laughs> shout out <laughs> Kevin Gates. Uh, but listen, Kevin Samuels during the pandemic, I would say, opened up the floodgates and being and was mm-hmm. able to take the uh, manosphere, misandry, manner being mm-hmm. oppressed, 
women do is better. Bitch, go make my sandwich. I should be able to treat you how my granddaddy right. treated my grandmama because if I can't mm-hmm. treat you like my dad, granddaddy treat my grandmama, then I ain't really being man enough type shit, right? Right. To me, I think that what happened was a lot of men were able to get a sense of self and being mm-hmm. able to get a, a a a sense of humanity and notionhood right. by being able. But to they're being liberated by people. the wrong types of men. Instead of being liberated by men like yourself, they're looking at Andrew Tate. They're looking. They're looking up to Kevin Samuels. Yeah. Why is that? Shit, it's easier to me. It's easier to make a capitalist. Uh, to me, it's easier to make a capitalist critique or analysis, or make an analysis about the military, or make an analysis mm-hmm. about any other institution that uses male labor, that uses men bodies, that uses mm-hmm. men that stand in reserves for being able to do what they want to do. Type shit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's 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 harder to make those analysis and really again. Take up mm-hmm. your beef with the niggas that and the men that's put you in that position. It's hard right. to do that. Mm-hmm. It's easier to blame women. It's easier to yeah. be like, hey, listen, even mm-hmm. though you down here and I'm a little more up than you, right. I think the reason why I'm at where I'm at is because you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And you able to right. create all these grand systemic, you know what I'm saying, analysis about misandry, mm-hmm. knowing goddamn well ain't no systems of nomination. Everything women. is, I don't even Four think Kevin Samuels believed in half of the shit that he was saying. It was about money. Whatever money and views. I do believe he's a misogynist. Don't get me wrong. Or he was. Yeah. However, I don't believe, I feel like he hyped it up to get more views, to get more money. I don't even think he believed in half of the shit he was even saying. That's the craziest thing. Hey, listen, I feel like, what well, if you would have told me he was going to say that, I would have brought this video with me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. literally a video with Kevin Samuels inside of a, a car. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not as, 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 as a, uh, developed or not as positioned as he, you know what I'm saying, he is. Mm-hmm. He has on a wrinkle shirt. He has on a long sleeve wrinkle shirt. And he's sitting in the car and he's recording. You feel me? His court mm-hmm. camera probably, you know what I'm saying, down. So we know that this right. is kind of more beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. He says, like, uh, I know that if I was to talk down on women and and and, and do this mm-hmm. and that, to, you know what I'm saying, to women, my views mm-hmm. would go through the roof if I was to start to do this. But I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather tell men that this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. So to me, I see that that when Kevin Samuels stands and fans try to make these snapshot analysis about mm-hmm. how he also talks shit about men, to right. me, this video is very integral in his in, in his in his in his career because once he said what he was, once he stated what he wouldn't do and what he could do for views, mm-hmm. we gonna do is stand the truth. And why he not gonna do is because you feel me, he gonna stand, he gonna tell, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Once he start to do that, to me, it's it's it's, it's real symbolic. To everything he stands for, that almost mm-hmm. reaffirms everything you just said. Like you was lying, bro. But also yeah. recognize too. I think that uh, Kevin Samuels was, was, you feel me, one of those uh, broken, grown men that had a lot mm-hmm. of wounds from being a boy. That you feel me actualized in both of his marriages. And instead of him going to mm-hmm. therapy and really do, dealing with that, he, he he instead he instead he decided to create a mm-hmm. platform. Um, being able to simp to misogynist and being right, able to a, a play damaging into, platform you know? at that. It's like it, the what is cost and what it's turning into is just insane. It's like yeah, they it talked about this all of 2022 and they talking they're gonna talk about it all of 2023. And it's like yeah. it, is it really that like I'm not married, it's but I, I, I do know of a lot of healthy black marriages. Every black marriage isn't, oh, we talking about 50-50. We arguing every day. Like, that's not the reality. That's just what you see on social media. So they want you to believe that this is what the black household today, currently, this is what the black family currently represents. Listen, 
when you when you pull back the layers and you recognize mm-hmm. Kevin Samuel's definition of a high value man was somebody that lit that somebody that made six figures. Right. A man that made six figures. Mm-hmm. When you do the math mm-hmm. and you recognize that less than 10% of the society makes six mm-hmm. figures. Right. And then you do another analysis and recognize how many black men in comparison to white men or people, period, is making that. And then you think about the analysis that Kevin Samuels was talking about. Right. So a woman that makes six figures is low value and or somebody wants you. Of course, because she's but not. a man that so you, you, you see that to me that's that, that's, that's classism and to me that is a insidious way to empower mm-hmm. black men that's looking at a glass ceiling. The likeliness of the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the likeliness of us black men making a hundred, you know what I'm saying? Okay, mm-hmm. it's very small, very slim. You feel me? Based on statistics, so we all scribing to be a goddamn a hundred thousand there. You feel mm-hmm. me? That's hundred errors and thousand errors. You feel me? Single digits mm-hmm. or double digits trying to make it, the, you know what I'm saying? Three or six figures. It's like, hey, it, to me, to, to me making where we're doing the dirty work of a lot of corporations, a lot of millionaires and billionaires, and we mm-hmm. create false hope and bad faith amongst ourselves. Right. It's like, why can't we uplift? Play. I don't understand what he was trying to do, but why can't we uplift black men without bashing black women? Why, why does, and one thing that I have an issue with is that I realize in the black community, I feel as though they don't understand that two things can be correct at once. Like we, we always have to be either, oh, okay, this is like this and this is like this. Two things can be right at once. You know what I'm saying? It's like we don't we don't have to bash black women to uplift black men. And that's all it's doing. And it's like these uh societal norms is fucking eating them up, eating them alive. It's like, oh, you gotta be submissive. You gotta be out like y'all do realize that's a societal norm. But yeah, that's the that's the thing though. It's like shit. I have to be willing to invest myself to learn about societal norms and mm-hmm. be able to ask myself the question where this come from. When I was in college, I learned the concept of epistemology, like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, knowledge production. Where do you know what you know from? You feel me? If you believe right. that you know what I'm saying, women are nurturing and men men are providers, that comes from a particular epistemological understanding of gender and of the world. To exactly. me, I think that if the world did more epistemological, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. uh, uh, searches, more epistemological questioning of the world, like, how do I know what I know and why is that? If you believe Christopher Columbus sold the ocean blue in 1492 and discovered America, that is a particular mm-hmm. epistemological understanding of And that's of scary because a lot of people don't even, they don't even know why they believe in what they believe in other than that's somebody what, taught it to them. They never put in any extra thought. And I thought about that is because a lot of black ho- households don't encourage black critical thinking or just critical thinking in general. Right. Let's talk about Christianity. Yes and no, right. I say, I say, yes, yeah. and no, but I think that's mm-hmm. a double-edged sword though. That's what that's yeah. the, the world we live in. Think mm-hmm. about it. Anti, anti-blackness and white supremacy made it where criminal thinking, uh, critical thinking is criminalized and critical thinking mm-hmm. is a way to be, for you to be able to think so know your place type shit. Right. Right. So we have to be mm-hmm. taught critical thinking in a very, strategic way mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and to me i think that sometimes a lot of times that comes back to bite us in the ass mm-hmm. you feel me especially think about it like this i i talk about education is elevation right i recognize how trauma works i understand mm-hmm. that for 400 years we were criminalized and put to death for reading mm-hmm. see what i'm saying yeah critical thinking and reading go mm-hmm. hand in hand That's true. we can't really critical think without being able to read yeah. So for me, it's like, for me, it's like, hey, for me, it's like, shit. Now I graduated with my master's degree in 2017. It's mm-hmm. 2023. I had these degrees for five years. You see what I'm right. saying? To mm-hmm. me, it's always really being able to think about the ways in which 
access and power plays into what we know and how we know it. Niggas mm-hmm. always say knowledge is power. Well, you think mm-hmm. that power is a given, a given to everybody? Nah, not really. So for me, That's I true. always try to give niggas the benefit of the doubt until I feel like it's willful ignorance. But to me, it's like, hey, listen, critical thinking is something we've been robbed of in many, many instances. Mm-hmm. And shit, it is. I feel like when I first got into this, the last of the end is rent. Mm-hmm. One, of the first, one of the first quotes when I was 18, 19, he, he knew turn me on type shit. I'm looking like, damn, one of the, one of the, one of the, I think it was a, uh, a dead prayer song that I heard. And it was like, my people are suffering from conditioning. Mm-hmm. They are so conditioned, their conditioning is conditioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when I was 18, 19, that mm-hmm. shit hit me so hard that I can repeat it at 32. You feel me? Cause mm-hmm. I really believe that's really what it is. When I learned that shit, I was in Norman, Oklahoma, around a whole bunch of white people. You feel me? Mm-hmm. At a, a white university. Oh, now I live in Houston, Oklahoma. Texas, around my country ass family again. Mm-hmm. Now I live in Houston, Texas, around a whole bunch of niggas again. So when I really <laughs> right. get to see, you feel mm-hmm. me? Like, hey, listen, when I say homophobia, I have the privilege of being able to negotiate with homophobes a lot easier than you will be able to. Not only because mm-hmm. you feel me, you are a queer, but also because you are a woman. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it fucks me up because you be thinking like, damn, nigga had to damn near go off to school in many different instances to be able to really parse back and learn what I learned the way I learned. Because mm-hmm. you can't talk about these white folks at Harvard and shit. This nigga eating sleep for dinner and you feel me running mm-hmm. through the laws and you know what I'm saying? He might be he might be robbing selling crack to mm-hmm. be able to no. live. For instance, let's take the barbershop incident. Let's flip it. Let's I'll say I'm the one cutting hair. A black man walks in. If I would have said to a black man, look him dead in his eye, hey, I take it you like men, he'll be ready to fucking fight me. Yeah. And Sad that's insane. Too. That's insane. I agree with that. Like, that's like why why would so why would you feel comfortable asking me that? If you wasn't you wouldn't be comfortable for me to ask you about homosexuality. You can't even have this conversation with black men. Some black men. They're like, what you trying to say? I'm gay. You trying to say I'm this, you trying to say I'm that. Like, no, nah, nigga, I just asked you a fucking question. You asking me all these questions about my sex life. Hey, hey, Carrie. I had conversations <laughs> about this with niggas, and they talk about because you know, you know, every time mm-hmm. we have a conversation about uh, same gender loving people, homosexuality, gay stuff, whatever, you right? Mm-hmm. It always come to the. But do you choose to be gay, or are you mm-hmm. born gay? Yeah, right. And, it's and like, to me, I think that that question becomes to a lot of homophobes so fundamental because they believe mm-hmm. it's a, a out to be able to say, "Hey, listen." Mm-hmm. Being straight is default, and you chose to be gay, right? And you know how I, you know how I'm able to because I you know I love debate, I love education, I love critical oh, yeah. thinking. So I'm mm-hmm. like, shit, ask them. Mm-hmm. The first time that thing stood up, or you can say the first time you experienced an erection, mm-hmm. did you choose how that thing stood up and when it stood right. up? Or better question, yeah. better question. Did your mom or your dad taught you what to get hard to? Now we ask some questions. Now we get right. somewhere. But that's the luxury that they have. They have the luxury to not think about that. You know what I'm saying? They, they never have to question, okay, why am I straight? Because being straight is, quote, unquote, the societal norm. As But you think that you can ask me a question. I'm supposed to sit here and give you an analysis on why I'm gay. I don't hey. know how why I'm gay as much as you don't know why you're straight. <laughs> hey, Carrie, the thing that fucked me up the most about this topic that we're talking about right now, 
Mm-hmm. It's when I went back and learned more about colonialism, learned more about imperialism, learned more about the ways in which, you know, the white mm-hmm. man burden or the way that Europeans brought civilization, humanity and democracy to the world. Mm-hmm. The way that the way that heteronormativity is set up and structured, it allowed mm-hmm. for Europeans and colonizers and enslavers to view other people as being savages and or primitive based off the ways that their gender and or sexuality was expressed and or defined in ways that was in opposition to them. Mm-hmm. So I recognize when I go back and I look at and I read, you feel me, the, the diaries of Spanish conquistadors or goddamn Portuguese colonizers coming mm-hmm. over to the Americas and they're talking about the gender constructs and the relationships of the Native Americans or other indigenous peoples and they're calling them savages based off the way that they relate to each other. Right. Men sleeping with men, these are savages. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then we go to the to the to the comedic Akiba line, Egyptian, African, pre type shit, whatever you want to know. Niggas wanna get, you know what I'm saying? Brother right. ain't called Africa, that's called Akiba line. All right, Akiba line, right. nigga. They ain't called right. Akiba line, it's called Kimmy. All right, Kimmy then, Kimmy then, nigga. All right. <laughs> right. Recognizing that the ways in which that we can see that from the East Africa to West Africa, we have multiple royalties and tribes that practice multiple different genders. Mm-hmm. As well as sexualities prior to European engagement. Now we start to meet, to me, that showed me like, well, damn, the way that we view humanity and the way that we view product productivity in more ways is shaped by the Western world and shaped mm-hmm. by capitalism that says that you're not valuable unless you can be productive. And you know, master said you can't be productive if you're not reproductive. You can't be valuable if you're not productive and reproductive. So congratulations, mm-hmm. nigga, you have the mindset of the master. You see what I'm saying? For me, Kevin Samuel says, hey, a uh, woman, mm-hmm. If you are your, your body size, mm-hmm. the amount of kids, and how attractive you are is your value. Right. That sounds exactly like the exactly. criteria that Master exactly had like when a woman got on the slave block. Hey, mm-hmm. listen here. We have a fat black woman. She has five. She's bored five kids, and she's ugly. Mm-hmm. They really talk about women like that. Yeah. So now I was saying, hey man, you have you don't like you don't like Kevin Sanders because he was saying real shit, and you don't want to sit with real shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, fat. Okay, so is fat phobia is that is that good or bad? Most niggas right. might tell you that shit good, man. You unhealthy and this that. They turn around and have the audacity to wonder why these same women don't want to fuck with them. Hey, man, Kevin Samuels <laughs> choked over a week after going on a fat phobic anti health health mm-hmm. rant about Lizzo being unhealthy. A week later, a week later, he croaked over due to out of here. And on him. top of that. The exact same woman that he was dating at the time was the complete opposite of everything that he had been preaching. Hey man, say man, when we see, when we see, and so let me clear when I say this, this is no homophobic innuendo. This is mm-hmm. not me trying to, you know what I'm saying? Nothing. To me, mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like that it's something here. Mm-hmm. When he was doing the live, and he was so used to doing lives, he was so comfortable doing mm-hmm. lives in front of his bed, right. and he had a half, a half naked man inside of his bed. Doing mm-hmm. the live and that man gets yep. up. That's a fact. I think that I think that the way that homophobia is used to discredit people and to me it became very evident mm-hmm. that that wasn't used to discredit or dehumanize or delegitimize any of the things he said. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I found it peculiar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. puzzling, damn it, mm-hmm. that a lot of the people that support Kevin Samuels took his response 
mm-hmm. to what was going on and how how took his response to being cool. You know, you know what he said about the homophobic. Mm-hmm. He called it a homophobic in your windows, and he said, "If homophobia is bad, why do y'all weaponize it against me?" Clever response, great mm-hmm. response, <laughs> right? But nigga, your followers and what you pushed on don't 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 reflect that. You see, what they I'm don't saying? align. They just didn't align. Nothing that he talked about aligned with how he was actually living, and that's the dangerous thing about clout and the world that we live in today. When niggas, when niggas thought it was cool, care when niggas thought it was cool for Kevin Samuels in 4K in front of a thousands of people to tell a Latino woman to tell black women how to keep a man, and no no nigga thought that was no problem. I Not think knowing that me, y'all no individual can be kept. Period. Y'all lost in the house, man. Yeah. But that shit made me like, oh, what? So I'm thinking like, God damn, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? From my perspective, like, so then let me get this straight. I'm the pro-black nigga that y'all come at about being married to the racially ambiguous woman because her mom's black and dad's white, but she looked like we don't know what the hell she is. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't make no crazy comments about dark-skinned women. I don't never say nothing like, you know what I'm saying, type shit. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the 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 authenticity test of what I'm doing, this is mm-hmm. something that is forefronted, but my man can literally have nine black women telling black women how to black women. And nobody right. brings mind. Or you know what? It's right. being truth because you know mm-hmm. what? Latino women is raised how to be submissive, raised to how mm-hmm. to listen, raised to how to cook and clean. And black women always want to be, that's literally the analysis that he makes inside the video. Mm-hmm. So for me, it starts to become, all right, all this black love shit to me now starts to become very evident. Mm-hmm. I believe in black love. I believe what I have is black love. Right. But the way that you see black love is through the lens of hmm, plantation patriarchy or throw the academic terms out of there. Nigga, you see it as the master see it. And you want to mm-hmm. be able to control your woman, how to mass control this woman. It's all about control. That's how you put your humanity. It's all about control at the end of the day. That's all they want. So, so a, a, a low value woman is a woman that don't listen. Mm. A bonnet fool. No, that's what Kevin said. A bonnet fool. These bonnet fools. So now we start thinking about it. I'm from the hood. Mm-hmm. You feel me? All my sisters is, you know what I'm saying? They would identify themselves as hood bitches. My mama would say mm-hmm. she a hood bitch. You see what I'm right. saying? My mama, mm-hmm. I got four sisters. Four sisters. Mm-hmm. Three different daddies between us. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. It don't take for me to humanize what Kevin Samuels is talking about to be like, nigga, you talking about my mama and my sisters. Nigga, fuck you. You see what I'm saying? It don't take that mm-hmm. for me. To me, it take for me just being seen like, damn, recognizing. So if you're for the black community, and you recognize mm-hmm. there's a phenomenon of single black women in the black community. And you also recognize that black women outnumber black men three to one. Mm-hmm. What does it mean for you to create these narrow, divisive, divisive right. definitions of what we should strive to when mm-hmm. recognizing, hey, listen, man, a lot of the niggas that you trying to, you feel me, rectify and resolve and you feel me, bring back mm-hmm. to life. Those are the niggas that created the five, six baby mamas. Those are the niggas that, so yeah, right. that, that, that announced they want to be validated. They want to be validated. And, Ke- and Kevin Samuels provided that platform for hey, them to man, hey, the Kevin Samuels fam is here right now, Carrie, they'll be like, well, you, you're just saying that because the videos that you've seen of Kevin Samuels, the one that went viral was him talking about women. He also told one man, you have three baby mamas. You work at a store, a job that makes this much food. Nobody wants you. It's like, and you thought that was real cool shit? Right, okay. like you really so, thought you said some shit. That, that's how I'd be looking like, wow, like they really think they're having that like- That was empowering? That was, in, so, your, so your ability to say, he not only tears down 
all black women. He tears down particular black men that are poor, mm-hmm. that are uneducated. Right. Damn. Shout out to the west side of Brown, Texas, my hood. In my mm-hmm. hood, I watch how they ain't being no real nigga. So you look down on people that's poor. So so mm-hmm. so you have that's wild to me. Yeah, that's elitist in nature. Hey, and that's what that's what Kevin Sam was pushing. He was pushing elitism. Right. That's what Andrew Tate was pushing. About respectability politics. And I yeah. say that to say I had a podcast a couple months ago. Uh-uh. Hmm. I didn't really realize how much black people cared about respectability politics until Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And I say that to say this. When people looked at that situation, it wasn't necessarily about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. It was about it happened at the Oscars. And what do you have at the Oscars? Rich, affluent, white people mostly. I argue this. I always said that if that slap happened at the BET Awards, nobody would have gave a fuck. We wouldn't be talking about it. It just would have been the next day. It would have blew over. But since it happened in front of white people and we're supposed to be like this in front of white people and we, we have to talk in a certain tone and you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, the narrative changed. I want your opinion on that because I feel like a lot of black people feel like they have to switch up what they're doing in front of white people or we have to trink ourselves in order to be accepted in certain spaces. <laughs> hey. Uh, pathology is real. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know a lot of us see code switching as being a survival tactic. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people right now that that uh, really goes back and forth with how much I want to code switch and if I really give a fuck. You see what I'm saying? Right. But that I feel like you said, don't. You're unique because I feel like you don't do that. Yeah, but you but you know like I recognize that I have but like I feel like I feel like today right now I'm just trying to I'm trying to like give people benefit of the doubt today. Today one of them days. And for me, I recognize that I'm very privileged in the fact that I was blessed with a talent that I ain't necessarily earned in terms mm-hmm. of being charming and being charismatic. Mm-hmm. And that has allowed for me to be very unapologetic in me. It's right. a 32-year-old black man, you feel mm-hmm. me, from down south that's been able to travel, that got a little gift to gap. I recognize that me being charming and charismatic allows for me to talk my shit a little bit more than other right. people. And every, I feel enough. like everybody should be liberated to do so. I agree too. I agree as well. Like what why, I also recognize I... is what mm-hmm. I've, I've set myself up in a particular way to be able to do this. And I understand that accessibility, resources, you know what I'm saying? And, and like th- those things are real. And opportunity, you feel me? Those things are real. So a lot mm-hmm. of us are always negotiating those three things, opportunity, access, and resources. Mm-hmm. If I'm negotiating and understand that the way in which I can use the King's English or the way mm-hmm. in which I can, you know, show that I can conform to these mm-hmm. particular standards, I get more access, I get more opportunity, I get more resources. Mm-hmm. All of us know that. All of us know that now. You feel me? So for me, I always think about, hey, okay, Mr. Conscious Leah. But you name yourself, nigga. Okay. Mm-hmm. At, at at what point in time do you really start thinking about the way in which you negotiate how you particularly individually receive access, opportunity, and resources? And recognizing that most of the time we're talking about respectability politics, mm-hmm. we're doing it, people negotiate it because of those three things. We call it yeah. setting out. 
You mm-hmm. feel me? So for me, yeah. when you start thinking critically, uh, to me critically of it, listen, I had a lot of beefs in I was in college against middle class niggas trying to tell mm-hmm. me how to speak and how to think and then like, right. oh, Mr. Lee, you like, can make it, I can make it. I'm like, so y'all never seen a nigga get slapped before? Let, let's be for real. And, oh, I, oh my God, I can't believe he did this. Is it because of the violence of it or is it because it happened in front of white people and we're not supposed to act this way in front of this certain class of people? Because hey, like I said, I agree with you. I agree with you. What you implying? Well, if you, it happened at the BET Awards, <laughs> nobody would have cared. It would have been I think, next. I think that it's two things about care. that, though. I think it's two things about that, though. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. You feel me? This was mm-hmm. happening at the Source Awards and the BET Awards, <laughs> and it became a, 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 a nullified norm. Only difference is the narrative would have changed. It would have no, been exactly. on their thugs, think, about the narrative, their think about the narrative, though. Why don't we mm-hmm. have the Source Awards no more? Cause niggas are shooting it up. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. Think about it. Why don't? Why is the BET awards supported how it was? Cause the white mm-hmm. folks didn't bought it, and niggas didn't think of it. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the black folks that owned it more cash in the transaction. Mm-hmm. So to and that's me, because they see more food, value in something like the Oscars than they do the BET awards. Yeah. So so it's just like shit. It's just it's just you know. But it go back to that thing: access, mm-hmm. opportunity. You know what I mean? Resources. Mm-hmm. Right. Those those things are usually mm-hmm. galvanized through the other E word, exposure. Yeah. And it's just like really having to negotiate. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And to me, I feel like it come down to simple some simple, some simple shit. Can mm-hmm. you see yourself and your people through your eyes and your people's eyes, or will mm-hmm. you always see it through white people's eyes and the eyes of mainstream? Exactly. If I'm held captive to how white people always see me. I don't do a lot of shit that I do in life because I know I'm gonna be seen as a uh pompous asshole i'm gonna be mm-hmm. seen as a know-it-all i'm gonna be seen as mm-hmm. a victim i'm gonna be seen as a this that and the other you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm gonna be seen as a hooligan see they always thought we was barbaric and can't control our angles and we'll mm-hmm. prove to them that we was that you know what i mean yeah. to me the thing that the starting how i ended it the mm-hmm. thing that's blowing my mind about this game of thrones shit so crazy Mm-hmm. Is how a lot of actions become justified and rationalized through eyes and through lens. Mm-hmm. When white people whoop each other's ass, when white people go off on each other, when white people are doing things, it's seen as being the norm and something that we should just be able to negotiate mm-hmm. and accept. They're going to apologize for it and that, and, and, and how dare us look at a particular white individual of status and define mm-hmm. their entire legacy based off one thing they did. That's bad. Yeah, I'll take it even further. Uh, what happened uh, last week with uh, Skip and Shannon Sharp? When Skip sent out that uh, text about, um, yeah. I'm not familiar with his name. I know the tweet. You're talking about the same tweet. Yeah, about the, the actual about, about yeah. Hamlin. If Shannon Sharp would have sent out that same tweet, his career would have been over. Hey, I think I think I think that uh, from watching Skip this does right it. Here, it's I oh, I didn't understand. I I didn't understand what I was saying. I didn't he understand how come out. He doubled down. He didn't say that. He doubled down. He doubled down. And nigga said, hey, we can delete the tweet. I'm not deleting the damn thing, basically what he said. Right. Now, let that have been Shannon Sharp saying the same shit. I mean. The, the I, narrative would have switched. It, it would have been, that man would have been gone. I agree. I agree. I, I just think that, uh. Capitalism and whiteness, you feel me? I would almost argue, I would argue if I win the debate that capitalism mm-hmm. is a tool of whiteness. Oh, definitely. Capitalism, the, the status quo is business mm-hmm. as usual. So that white man doesn't see no issue with being like, yeah, I feel sorry for him, but what about the playoffs and what about the significance of this game? We know that oh, yeah. you know, this game America is, is a capitalist state. 
Listen, it's all about the dollar. So it didn't surprise right. me that he said that, but it's just the white privilege that he has to say something like that on such a large platform and receive no repercussions for it. He can just come on, oh, I apologize. Black man does the same thing. He's slaughtered. Yeah. I think that that's the, uh, the duplicity of a lot of the, the conversations we was having mm-hmm. about the Kyrie Urbans and the Kanye Wests and you feel me, the anti-Semitic shit. No, I don't talk about Kanye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, no, it's ain't going there at all. I just think that it's going online and what you're saying is that we recognize mm-hmm. that in yeah. many different instances, there is a line drawn for many black men that says, hey, once you go past this line, you're irredeemable. I don't give a damn what you do, this, that, and the other. And in many different instances, I ain't going to lie. Some niggas be trying to prove, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing no return. We also recognize, mm-hmm. however, that, you know what I mean, it's not one of those things. Well, if white men can go off the rails and do all this crazy shit, the niggas should be able to, too, as a black man. Mm-hmm. I'm recognizing in terms of, hey, well, if they do this and they do this, hey, mm-hmm. anti-Semitism and anti-blackness mm-hmm. from a black person, you and I see that shit as being wild in every instance. Mm-hmm. The world has a very illiterate, the world is racially illiterate in the way that it's able to read and write situations mm-hmm. pertaining to race usually lacks. So when we think about how, you know, black men are usually seen as being irredeemable and thrown away to the wolves and see the way that white men can be diversity and inclusion and or love and or apologize and forgive. They wait to, you know what I'm saying, whatever they're mm-hmm. trying to get to, we start to really view how power and domination work. You said something mm-hmm. earlier about two things being true at the same time. We're talking about nuance. I mm-hmm. feel like there, is, there, there can be an analysis that's about black masculinity and how it's pathologized as being criminal and irrational and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. But we also can talk about how a lot of black men use their masculinity to try to get in the good old boys club to try to prove themselves to white men. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know what I'm saying, being anti-Semitic or being anti-black. Mm-hmm. I think that being able to have this simultaneous conversation, I think, also brings in how we start this conversation about homophobia. Right. Hey, listen, a lot of pro-black niggas and a lot of alt-right white white folks, white men, mm-hmm. they might disagree a lot of things when it comes to race. But you know what they agree on? That the the, the LGBTQXYZ, that's how they're going to say it. They're going to be respectful. They're going to say the LGBTQXYZ. That's the popular one. They agree. Gay shit should be in schools. Drag queens should be reading to children. They shouldn't be putting that gay shit on TV screens, mm-hmm. on movies, on TV shows. On you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what they agree on. You feel me? Hey, listen, mm-hmm. the 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 pro black brothers and the all my favorite argument is is overexposed in television. Hey man, and I'm like, you do realize that gay people exist? It, it's not overexposed. This is life, <laughs> but. Y'all live, some people just live in a box and they're not exposed to these people growing up. So when they see it on their TV, they think it's overexposed because deep down inside, they feel threatened by it. And it's not an overexposure. It's like you have to realize that people exist outside of you and what you experience. And I think that's why tolerance needs to be taught more because I can not agree with you, but I can tolerate you. I don't have to say I hate you in order to get a point across. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think that uh, I feel like I would differ a little bit. You know what hmm. I mean? I think toleration is is I feel like for some people, I, I see how I can be the first step, mm-hmm. but I was always yeah. taught you want to be celebrated and not tolerated on a, on a mm-hmm. simple level, but then on a big level in terms of like politics and in terms of like marginalization and in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, how discrimination works, 
discrimination and marginalization is usually rationalized through toleration. You feel me? Mm. So the reason why I marginalize you is because mm. I'm tolerating you. You feel me? And recognize that toleration mm. is always seen through a, a, a superiority complex, a, a, a mm. power paradigm. Mm. You know? Not saying that it's cool to be tolerated. Not but... at all, but I still think the analysis is made mm. to be able to recognize that in certain instances, the hierarchy and the 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 the, the thing we're talking about, toleration mm. is situated in it. Because you see how power and domination works. When I'm watching Game of Thrones, I recognize a, 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 a lord can't say he's tolerating the king. That's below your pay grade. It's out of your jurisdiction. You feel mm-hmm. me? You grew up in a black household, and I grew up in a black household. Mm-hmm. Could you tell your mama you tolerating her? No. And I'm not you know saying that I'm necessarily. So, no, I, I ain't saying you saying it. I ain't saying yeah. you saying it. I'm just mm-hmm. getting at the way in which the concept of toleration is always within respectability politics and always mm-hmm. within it, and recognizing that certain people are able to use toleration to say shit like this. Mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing against the LGBT community. Yeah, you're right. I just mm-hmm. don't want to tolerate you, f you motherfuckers on the TV. That's true. That's said through the going of toleration and recognizing mm-hmm. white supremacy says the same thing. Hey, listen. That's true. I tolerate you niggas being on y'all BT channels with your pants mm-hmm. hanging and saying this, that, and the other, but I ain't gonna tolerate that shit on 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 the I'm um, saying over here with the white people. Mm-hmm. So really to me, mm-hmm. my to me, to me, I, I take this shit like how I take it is like when I say conscious and I, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. identify with being conscious, I'm always trying to think about how I'm programmed and think about the way in which I'm implicated and shit. And I right. recognize that I'm also lost in the sauce and toleration. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I'm giving this analysis, it's not just like saying in response to you in terms of disagreement, but it's me oh, yeah. almost being real myself right now mm-hmm. in literal I just, thought. I think it's crazy like, how I know so many black men who won't watch P Valley. Yeah, hey, I need to. I, I plan on. I plan on. I plan like what? I love. Yeah, it's an amazing show, and they won't watch it because it has gay scenes. And I'm like, you do realize this is a television show. Hey, but but listen though, Carrie, if I ain't if I ain't comfortable in my masculinity and I ain't comfortable in my sexuality, it's gonna be things that make me uncomfortable. And you know what? As a as a as a as a uh, cisgender straight black man, <laughs> I will say a lot of black boys, most black boys, are robbed of the experience and opportunity mm-hmm. to not only Think about sexuality and gender in a questionable, fluid way. You ain't even giving, you feel me, the way to even experience. I should say that the way. You ain't even getting away to experience the navigation or experience, like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to figure it out for me. No. So when you recognize, I think that a lot of grown men recognize that they ain't get to, in some instances, necessarily choose what they want to choose and or express the way they want to express. And envy and jealousy is a motherfucker. And mm-hmm. I also recognize that the way the anxiety and the way that you feel me, um, internalized inferiority where it happens. So it's mm-hmm. like, shit, if you being your true self and I'm recognizing there were things when I was this, that, and the other, I had to suppress and I see that you didn't suppress those things, something might happen. I also recognize again, I've been throwing around a three same concepts. You feel me? I know and, mm-hmm. and I, I got ready for another call in uh, seven minutes at 1115, but mm-hmm. access, opportunity and resources. I would argue a lot of people are living in the closet and they're pushed in the closet due to how they're trying to survive based off of opportunity, mm-hmm. resources, and access. That's very true. And the crazy thing is a lot of people think that black capitalism is going to save us. 
and it's not. It's, it's not. Hey, man, for, to, to have our topic, <laughs> yeah, we got to say that one for another hour. Gotta, yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah. Gotta come back and say you gotta, I, I got. I, I definitely appreciate your your time, the consciously. Uh, if you want to come back on the platform, spread the word about our podcast. I would love to speak with you. I speak. I'm just really trying to collaborate with people and have these conversations because to be real with you, I don't really know too many people in my circle who can have these conversations, yeah. especially black men. So I, I I appreciate black men like you and I want to you know inspire you to keep doing what you're doing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I appreciate you too, for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Talk to you later, bro. Yeah.